Welcome to The Pulpit, Calvary Moravian's weekly sermon podcast. I'm Pastor Lane Sapp. And I'm Pastor Chaz Snyder. We hope you'll be able to use this recording of last week's sermon to dwell deeper in God's Word. The following sermon was originally recorded on January 30th, 2022. The lay reader was Mr. Johnny Pearson, and the preacher was the Right Reverend Lane A. Sapp. Our epistle lesson comes from Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and what may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Would you please stand for the reading of the gospel message? Our gospel message comes from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine mat dresser. Every branch of mine that bears no fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already made clean by the world which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch that cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he it, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from the, you, you can do nothing. If a man does not abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch that withers, and the branches that are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. The word of the God for the people of God. Thanks. 
may be seated. Let us join now in a time of quiet meditation and prayer. Lord God, we affirm with deep joy today that your Son, Jesus Christ, is head of your body, the church. And it is on him and him alone that we build a lasting and sure foundation. By his death and resurrection, he has secured for us salvation. And in his vision of love and hope, your church continues to live and move and have its being. Renew within each of us a deeper understanding of that mission that we are called to, that we are not asked to be an inclusive social club, but a mission outpost where doors and hearts are open and invite others to experience the saving love of Jesus Christ. Renew in each of us a deeper understanding of the vital role that we play as your disciples in helping energize your church for its mission. Help us to prayerfully look deep within ourselves and to discern even more clearly how we can support your church in continuing the ministry of showing love and grace to this community. Renew our faith and give us courage and wisdom and power from on high that in facing new opportunities and change we will set aside our own personal agendas, seek the common good, and rise to the challenges of our day that your church may indeed be resurrected to continue the work that you call us to. And Lord, in your mercy, grant hope and comfort to many in our congregation this day who are hospitalized, in care facilities, at home awaiting tests, those going through therapy, those facing long periods of recovery. Grant to each one of them the assurance of the Good Shepherd's care and to those who grieve today, we also pray that they will be surrounded and comforted by the hope of resurrection faith. For new life among us, Lord, for the joy and promise of a newborn child, we also give you thanks this day, that we may always see your creative hand at work in us to bring newness of joy. And finally, O Lord of hope, we offer ourselves and our church to you this day. As we hear again the words of the wisdom writer, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. These things we ask humbly in the name of Christ.
our Lord and our Savior. Amen. We are about to embark on an exciting journey together. And like any journey in life that we begin, there's a strange mixture of anticipation and apprehension. Because any trip that we take may have the benefit of a GPS system to offer us guidance along the way. But what we don't know as we set off on a journey is the wonderful things that God has in store for us to both see and to discover. Yet one thing is absolutely certain as we travel in life, when we begin our journeys, they often result in tremendous experiences of spiritual and personal growth. That's the source of our excitement today as we begin this sabbatical time. The spiritual growth that we will all experience as God's people. Though we will be physically absent from each other in these next 12 weeks, the common faith that we have always shared in Jesus Christ will hold us together in close spiritual kinship. And though we will be taking different journeys or routes on our journey, we will still be traveling together as partners as partners in the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this Sunday, I veered from the appointed text because it was the rejection of Jesus at Nazareth when they took him out to a cliff and were going to throw him off. So I thought maybe it would be better to have a different text. <laughs> so I chose the opening verses of Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. Now, of all the churches that Paul began or was associated with on his missionary journeys, he had a very special and close relationship with the Philippians. They had often been his generous supporters. They even sent Epaphroditus to Rome in an effort to help Paul while he was in prison there. So from his sale in Rome, Paul receives yet another gift from them, and their generosity leads him to remember the Philippian community with joy and thanksgiving. Listen again to his words. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. And you'll notice that this is a thank you note that's not addressed to the Philippians, but rather to God. Because when Paul remembers his close and supportive relationship with the Philippians, his heart overflows with thanksgiving to God. So today, Paul's words echo my own sentiment because I am deeply grateful to God for you. Calvary Congregation and your leadership for both supporting and encouraging me in taking this sabbatical to refresh and renew body, mind, and spirit for continued pastoral service. God has brought me to a deep realization in this season of my life 
that shepherds cannot continue to faithfully serve from a well that is even halfway empty. And so it is with gratitude to God for your support and understanding that we embark upon this exciting journey together and apart. As I said earlier, our journeys during this time are going to be different. But the God who has called each one of us by name will use this time, if we allow God to, to further the work that he began in us when God saw fit to yoke us together in the partnership of the gospel many years ago. I borrow from Eugene Peterson's translation of Paul's continuing words of encouragement. He says, There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the day of Jesus Christ. And of this we can all be assured that what God began in us, God will continue to grow and develop until what he purposes for us is accomplished. So as his people, we are on a journey with God and he is always at work in us to perfect or to make whole what he has begun. Over the years, I've witnessed with joy and thanksgiving God's movement and work in the life of this congregation. We've made good decisions, and yes, we've made mistakes. We've taken risks. We've experienced Rocky Mountain highs together, and we've also walked through the valley of the shadow of death. But through it all, we've partnered together trying to be faithful and listen for the voice of God, calling us to embark upon new ventures of faith with both trust and hope. The next 12 weeks will be no different because God summons us again to put our full trust in him and in him alone and to find our dependence not in a human being, not in an institution, but in the gift of God's marvelous and renewing grace. If we truly trust God, God will continue to do far more in us and in our congregation than we could ever begin to think or imagine. Now, as Paul continues to give thanks for the Philippians and his partnership with them, he expresses hope. Listen to what he says. I pray that your love will keep on growing more and more together with true knowledge and perfect judgment so that you will be able to choose what is best. That's also my prayer for you in these next weeks, that you will continue to abide in love because the nurturing of Christ's love among you will keep Calvary's ministry strong and growing and vital. In the 15th chapter of John, which is our gospel for today, Jesus tells his followers that what will hold them together, what will undergird their future ministry, is abiding 
in him. Abide in me as I abide in you, because just as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide in my love. Now when Jesus uses that word abide, he's saying, make your home in my love. Let my love be where your life is planted and where you remain despite all obstacles. My love has to be the ground of your being and your guiding compass so that your life makes me attractive to all around you. This love Jesus calls us to abide in Christian community, it's more than a warm and fuzzy feeling. It's agape love. It's a love like God possesses, a love that issues forth not just in feeling, but in concrete action. A love that chooses to love even when we may not feel like it. It was the kind of love God demonstrated on the cross. It's the kind of love that Paul prays will overflow more and more in the Philippian community. So this is also my hope and my prayer. That these weeks will lead us to abide more deeply in love so that all of our lives and the life of the church is renewed and grounded in our total dependence upon God. In these next weeks, I'm going to ask something of you. In fact... I'm going to use a little stronger word than ask. I beseech you. I ask with deep conviction, as one who cares deeply about you, to abide in God's love by doing a couple of things. Continue to actively support with your presence, your participation, and your giving the vital ministry of this church. God has a lot yet for us to do. This church has been called by Christ to a renewed ministry in this community. And it continues regardless of who's in this pulpit. When each of us joined this congregation, we made a commitment And that commitment was to actively participate in Christ's church, serving God all the days of our life. Let's use these next weeks to be renewed and strengthened in that commitment. Some of you have recently asked me, Lane, what can I do while you're away? My answer is very simple. Support your church. God has given us the gift of Calvary Moravian Church. And what a gift it is. And he asks us to support it so it can bring others to Jesus Christ. Calvary Moravian Church is not Lane Sapp's church. It's not Chaz Snyder's church. It's not anybody else's church. 
It belongs to Jesus Christ, who is its cornerstone. I beseech you to support with your presence, your participation, and your encouragement the staff of this church. Just as you have made a tremendous commitment to me, the boards and the congregation, in giving me this sabbatical time, the staff is also making a commitment to God, to you, and to me to take on extra responsibilities while I am away. They will need your prayers, your uplifting words of encouragement, and your support. Be their partners in ministry. Communicate with them and offer to help sustain and strengthen ministry in places where you can make a contribution. This is a good time for all of us to be renewed in our understanding that the church is the body of Christ and it takes all of our gifts and graces to make ministry happen. Simply stated, we need each other to do the work that Christ is calling us to do. And I beseech all of us, myself included, to use these weeks as a season of committed prayer. I'm a firm believer in prayer. Prayer changes things because it can change us if we allow it to. Prayer can soften our hearts and make us more open to the Holy Spirit of God and to God's presence and leading. Prayer can renew us. It can renew the church. COVID has been a difficult time for all of us in so many ways. And as the church, not just this church, but all Christian churches, face new realities and opportunities, prayer is going to be the vital part of discovering God's will, His purpose, and His intention for the church moving forward. So join me, I ask you, in praying for the renewal of faith so that we may continue to abide in Christ. And finally, it is my hope that when this time is passed and we embark together upon new journeys beyond this one, that we will say, surely the presence of the Lord was in this place and we were changed. It was a good time because we learned again the power of Christ's love to make all of us brand new. As I attend retreats, do some educational travel, read, study, spend needed time with family, and renew? No. Beyond a shadow of a doubt that my heart and my prayers will be with you. And I ask your prayers to also be with me, that together this journey we are about to take will bring praise and glory to God Increase our faith and enable us to abide more fully in Jesus Christ. One of my great heroes, Bishop Edward Rontaler, who first came to serve the southern province of the Moravian Church in 1877 during a time of reconstruction, terrible time, following the Civil War, 
was a powerful influence upon the growth and development of the southern province. At a time in his ministry when doubts were raised about what and how we should believe as a Moravian church, and we reaffirmed our core of faith in Christ our Lord, Bishop Ronthaler noted this in his diary, and he said, now we can go forward to face the future with courage. So let us, the Calvary congregation, do the same. Moving forward with courage and using this time to be renewed in faith, in hope, and in love. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we thank you for the assurance that you are always with us in the journey of faith, that you are there to sustain and strengthen us. You are also there to challenge and to move us forward by your spirit. So come among us, speak to us deeply, and renew us all that we may rise to the challenge that you are placing before us in the days yet to come. So bless your church, use your church, and sustain your church. For we ask these things in the name of Christ Jesus, who is our cornerstone. Amen. <laughs>